Hello guys, welcome back to another episode. Today we're going to be talking about the Poco F4. And as you know, Poco has always been a really good contender when it comes to budget mid-range phones. They bring a lot of value to the table and I expect no different with this F4. So let's get started. All right, so we have the Xiaomi Poco F4. This has been released today as of June 27th. And this phone honestly looks like a really solid phone for, again, its price range. Now, starting off with the body of the phone, it does weigh 195 grams, so relatively light phone. And you also have Gorilla Glass on the front and back. And you have IP53 dust and splash resistance, so not quite the high-end 68 water resistance, but you do have at least some protection from the elements. Now, if we go on to the display, we have a 6.67-inch AMOLED 120Hz display. It has a HDR10+, Dolby Vision, which is really cool. Uh, 900 nits of peak brightness of, or of normal brightness and 1300 nits of peak brightness. So very beautiful display off the bat. I mean, you have edge to edge display. You don't have that curved bezel. Uh, you have that hole punch in the center, which more and more companies from Android are starting to copy that once, you know, Samsung allowed the Pixel to have that kind of center hole punch. Now a bunch of other companies are following suit because for years, for about like three years, that has been the, I guess, the definition of who Samsung was. You know, the hole punch in the center was always Samsung. And if they were off to the sides, it was another company. But now we're seeing that kind of transition where that hole punch applies to pretty much any Android phone that chooses to do so. Now... We have a 1080p resolution by 2400 uh, with a 20 by 9 aspect ratio. So really comfortable phone to hold. Uh, just a beautiful display. Honestly, beautiful display. I think one of the main things that a lot of manufacturers focus on is the display, right? You know, the display is the main thing that people look at. So they usually try to make that better than the standard of that price range. Or just in general, they tend to make it a little bit better AMOLED, you know, sometimes at 90 hertz or 100 hertz, 120 hertz. So you have that kind of added on features that are just a quality of life kind of thing. Now, for the platform, we have Android 12 with MIUI 13 for Poco on top. And we have the Qualcomm Snapdragon 870. So it's basically a flagship phone. Um, that's kind of the chipset that would have been used last year uh, for the best mid-range phone, uh, so or best flagship phone, but they changed the naming. But basically, that's what that is. Uh, uh, so you have that pretty cool uh, thing going on. 5G chipset, 7 nanometers, and we have the Adreno 650. Pretty good specs, and I think it'll perform very well. I mean, these are usually very snappy phones. The UI is usually very snappy. I've always seen that. And it just really works kind of like, in a, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a very, almost stock Android, but at the same time has like this poppy kind of feel, like the pops. It's just very bouncy and, I don't know, it's interesting. But 
you have no expandable memory. Although you do have three options for configurations, actually four. The base model starts at 128 with six gigs of RAM. The second one is 128 gigs of internal storage with eight gigs of RAM, 256 of internal storage and eight gigs of RAM or the biggest highest end version of this phone, 256 gigabytes of internal storage with 12 gigs of RAM. So 256 might not be enough for everyone especially now that you don't have the expandable memory. So I feel like that was a bad idea on Poco's part. They should have added a higher-end configuration, like at least 512 if you're going to cut off the expandable memory. Some people might not have or might not see as uh, 256 as enough for their usage because I know a lot of people, uh, you know, they might need more. I don't understand. Like, there are some companies that really make bad decisions when it comes to internal storage. Uh, you have limited capacity, so you can only upgrade storage within the actual phone. And then sometimes that's capped. Later, you don't even have expandable memory, which just makes things worse. So I don't understand, but it is what it is. Just kind of have to deal with these kinds of things now, apparently. Uh, moving on to the camera, we have a triple camera setup, but it's nothing too special. We have a 64 megapixel primary sensor with optical image stabilization. We have an 8 megapixel ultra wide and a 2 megapixel macro. You know how it is. Those macro and depth lenses are really just a, a marketing feature rather than an actual feature. 2 megapixels especially, like if it's 5 then fine, but like... This was two. Like, what are you going to do with a two megapixel lens? But the 64 megapixel primary sensor and the ultra wide should be more than enough versatility for most people. And, you know, not a lot of phones in the budget or mid range segment really get any kind of telephoto lens. Now, we do have 4K recording at 30 and 60, 1080p at 30 and 60 as well. The selfie camera is a 20 megapixel lens and it can record 1080p at 30 frames per second. Now, for sound, we do have our stereo speakers, which is really nice to see in the budget uh, mid-range and high-end phones. I feel like they should always come with stereo speakers because it really adds to the experience of the phone, and it makes it a little bit just an overall better purchase, I think. Now... We have no headphone jack, which is unfortunate, but if you have wireless headphones, then why not? But if you are one of the OGs who listen through, you know, with their headphone jack in their car or whatever, you're going to miss out on that quality, but, you know, there's ways around it. Now, we do have Wi-Fi 6. We have Bluetooth 5.2, GPS, NFC, depending on your market, and we have an infrared port, which is kind of cool. And this phone, I should mention, is not technically available for the U.S. It's available in the Philippines, in China, and other markets, but it's not coming to the U.S. as far as I'm aware. I looked for U.S. pricing, and there was none. So uh, the best I got was the Philippine price, but I don't know the currency that they use. It just says 29000 uh, 29,000, or no, 20,990. So I don't know the currency, but 
that's the that's the number. Now, they come in a variety of colors: moon, light silver, black, or night black, nebula green. So three colors: silver, black for me. You know how it is. And I forgot about the battery. We have a four thousand five hundred milliamp hour battery, sixty seven watt fast charging. And it's going to get you 100% in 38 minutes, according to Xiaomi. And has quick charge 3 plus. Now, that's very cool charging technology. Samsung and Apple are super far behind when it comes to charging technology. I mean, the fastest that I think the Galaxy S22 does, or S22 Plus, because the S22 Plus has a different charging speed than that of the normal S22. The S22 caps out at 25 watts of wire, fast wired charging. The S22 Plus and the S22 Ultra get the 45 watt fast charging max. And so this is like the biggest jump Samsung has made in charging technology. Uh, Xiaomi's with that 120 watt fast charging with their Xiaomi 11 Pro, something like that. And then you have uh, Huawei with their 50 watt. Uh, you also have, I think, um, OnePlus with even 30 watts, 50 watts, 60 watts. And Xiaomi really, like, along with Poco and Oppo and, like, all these other Chinese manufacturers, they tend to have really fast wire, or wire, wired charging and wireless charging to the point where it's even faster than Samsung's wired charging which is absolutely mind-boggling. You have like 30 or 50 uh, watts of fast wireless charging. And I'm like, Samsung is barely at 45 wired. And at 15, when it's wireless. And it's pretty wild that you have all that difference. You know, when Samsung used to be the one innovating, now they're kind of playing it safe with everything, uh, which is a good thing and a bad thing. You know, everything has its compromise and everything has its, uh, its reward, I guess. Now, we also, uh, for the European market, it's going to be around $400 or 400 euros, my bad. And I'd say that's a pretty solid price. It's about, if I tr- if we kind of, I can never get the word right. If we trans, tra- trans, if, hold on, bear with me. If we convert, there we go. I don't know why I'm always thinking translation, but... If we convert 400 euros to US dollars, it's around $450, $500. And honestly, for that price, it's a mid-range phone, and it's a very solid phone. You get a big display, beautiful display. You get that smooth 120 hertz. You get a pretty sizable 64-megapixel camera, and you get a respectable 45,000 milliamp-hour battery and with crazy wired charging, by the way. Uh, the only problem that I would really see with this phone is the storage capacity cap that it, that it has, the limit, and the 2 megapixel pointless macro that's really just taking up space. Uh, other than that, it's a really solid phone for that kind of money. 450 to 500 bucks, I think, is a solid price. And even if it was 550 I think it's still a, a good value for what you're getting. This phone does offer a lot for the money and that's what kind of poco has been doing it's you know very value oriented so i'm really happy about that you know that we still have these phones on the market that you know they're getting better 
at giving value. Android phones are giving better, especially the Chinese manufacturers. They know how to give a lot of value. You know, OnePlus used to be one of them. I don't think they really qualify as much anymore because they they've gone to the big leagues now. Uh, but they still haven't entirely forgotten about their fan base, their true fan base. Uh, but it's these manufacturers like Poco and Honor and all that that really give you some pretty cool stuff for a, a considerable less amount of money uh, for flagships. So really cool stuff. This is a solid phone. Yet another great mid-range option. So that was it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. We have a new video coming out this Friday. It's going to be uh, this accessory that MagBack sent to me. It's a magnetic wallet. So it's pretty much MagSafe for Samsung. They gave me a magnetic wallet and a magnetic case. And they work together in this really cool pairing. 22 magnets on the back of the phone case, which is incredible, and top grain hold or yeah, top grain leather on their wallet, which is really nice. It feels really smooth. Um, we're gonna release that video Friday, so stay tuned for that one. MagSafe pretty much comes to Samsung. You know that I have Pitaka cases that pretty much mimic a similar use case, but these guys were kind enough to send it out, so we're gonna review it. And they also have a lot of other accessories and a lot, I think, a lot more versatility than the Pitaka case and definitely a lot more versatility than the Spigen case that I modified with the Mophi adapters or Morphe adapters. I can't even remember what they're called. Uh, so definitely better than my invention. And so we're going to talk about the cases and how they compare to the one that I was uh, so kindly given. And yeah, so I hope you stick around for that one. And then after that video... After this week, uh, we're going to be releasing the four-month review of the Galaxy S22 Plus, how my how it's been in my experience. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about all those different little things that, you know, you learn over the four years or four months, uh, that the time that you really spend with the phone. So that's it for this one. Hope you guys enjoyed. I'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you so much for those who stayed here, and I'll see you in the next one. Till then, peace.